I'm Toby Leary from Cape Gunworks. I'm passionate about all things Second Amendment. While I love to shoot... Going hot. There is so much more to guns than just pulling the trigger. A free and armed society is a responsible and self-reliant one. Join us to talk all things guns, freedom, and self-defense. It isn't just about being armed. It's about being responsibly armed. So load and make ready. This is Rapid Fire. Welcome to Rapid Fire, a 2A talk radio show sponsored by Vortex Optics. Tune in every week. You can go to capegunworks.com and click on Rapid Fire to join the conversation. And remember to like us and subscribe on all of our social media platforms. The handle is at Cape Gunworks. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Parlor, Twitch, Telegram, Rumble, and Getter shut us down. So we're still on the list for Truth Social. So hopefully we'll be on that soon. But wherever you get your social media, chances are we're there. And the handle is at Cape Gunworks. We talk about all things guns, freedom, Second Amendment, and self-defense. And we're really excited you guys are here to be a part of the conversation. We come to you from Massachusetts, one of the restrictive states in the Union where freedom was born and freedom went to die. (laughs) After just a couple hundred short years, tyrants started to take back power and realize that they didn't like power in the hands of free citizens. So we're glad you guys are visiting us and listening from wherever you might be. We are now nationwide, which we're happy to be on uh, WBOB and also in Tucson, Arizona. And we're really glad to be on those two stations as well as online at capegunworks.com. So right now, there is just nonstop news in the Second Amendment world. There's tons of uh, states that are looking at um, ghost gun legislation, quote unquote, co-opting their term. Um, a lot of there's definitely counties in California that are looking to ban it, and a lot of states are looking to ban homemade firearms. I know Colorado in Denver has just banned any non-serialized firearm, which would be like a 3D printed or a any type of kit gun, and they basically um, you know ban the ownership of those within the city limits so uh, people have had to get those guns out of the city limits but unfortunately it is the uh, favorite of gun banners right now to be going out and restricting our rights further um, so there's even a new rule expected on unfinished firearms expected in April of 2020. Um, so, you know, this is going to be interesting. I know um, New York Times reported that the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms and Explosives, uh, there's a new rule coming out on firearms frames and receivers, which will be out in early 2022. So interesting how the ATF can just change the rules whenever they want. It's almost like, hey, this is my swing set, and this is how we're going to play the rules. So whenever there's a new administration 
They basically take their marching orders, rightfully so, from the administration that is in power. But the unfortunate thing about that is they enforce these rules almost in a criminal-like way. You know, if you violate the ATF rules, you're going to be, you know, charged with uh, failure to, you know, abide by these rules, right? There's fines, there's things that can happen. And so um, as a result of that, the Biden administration has been really pushing hard for these quote-unquote ghost guns to be banned and outlawed. So this is where he might be able to get a win on the gun control argument, even though he hasn't made it very far. And the fact that, you know, we, we have a war with Russia and Ukraine, which now America has seemed to jump into by supporting a NATO country, uh, Poland, with fighter jets. So Poland has pledged to send all their fighter jets to the Ukraine, a non-NATO country, Poland, a NATO country, in support of us, another NATO country, has said they will send it free of charge, all their entire fleet of MiG-29 jets they will send to Ukraine to fight the Russians. And now we are saying we will backfill their fleet of weapons and, you know, fighter jets to fight that. So that effectively brought us, drew us into the war. I mean, we've basically declared war on Russia. And I'm not being, I don't think, alarmist by saying that. I think that is exactly what's gone on. It might be a little circuitous route, but there you have it. We're, we're at war. So that is the big distraction. And I think one thing that the war has illustrated or painted a clear picture of in the, in the minds of the American people is the argument, why does anyone need an AR-15? Why does anyone need 30 rounds? Why does anyone need a high capacity rifle? Why does anyone need a semi-automatic rifle? They have made that argument for us. And so the irony here is we're sending military ordinance to Ukraine. Ukraine is handing out machine guns to military-age males at the local PD. And yet we're still trying to say that you don't need 30 rounds. You don't need 100-round magazines. You don't need semi-automatic rifles. A Glock with a 40-round clip is a military weapon. So, um, you know, when it, depending on whoever is using these talking points at whatever moment, um, there you have it. So, if the rule goes through as expected, all 80% firearms, frames, and receivers sold would require a serial number and be considered a firearm in the eyes of the ATF. So, do you know what the next logical step to this is? 60% firearms, right? Or 70% or 79% firearms. So there'll be one more thing to file off or one more thing to, you know, grind off. It's, oh my. It's just amazing. Like people are always going to find a loophole or a way around it. And I love what Ghost Gunner did. Uh, they came out with their, the Ghost Gunner three, I think it is. And basically it's a CNC machine that you can buy as a consumer. 
And basically, you put your 80% lower in, hit the button, you download some free CAD software online, and it'll mill it out for you. It'll drill the holes, it'll mill out the trigger area, and it'll complete it, which is totally legal to do as a home-built firearm. So they're already preempting this nonsense about the 80% lowers, which when they ban an 80% lower and make it a serialized firearm, obviously people are going to say, well, this is a 50% or a 60% lower. But Ghost Gunner has already preempted all of it, and they have the 0% lower. (laughs) It's literally a brick of billet aluminum. So you take your brick of billet aluminum and you load it into the ghost gunner, and it then machines out your receiver to 100%. And again, it's a home-built firearm. It's a hobby. It's a freedom hobby that you can partake in here in America, and even in Massachusetts, the People's Republic of Massachusetts. So it's, it's a wonderful thing, and people err on the side of freedom every time. So... Guys, I want you to go to capegunworks.com and use the special discount code CGWMA for a very limited time. This discount will give you 10% off your entire order on the web. There are some restrictions apply that apply, but this is a special treat for our radio listeners to celebrate our new broadcast networks, KNST in Arizona and WBOB in Florida. Use CGWMA at capegunworks.com and get your special discount. Keith Langer is next, and don't tell anyone about that discount. That's just for you. All right, we'll be right back. If you crave versatility in a tactical reticle, the new ARBDC3 delivers with a host of features you need to adapt in the field. A 1 MOA center dot provides a precise point of aim, while the surrounding 16 MOA open circle helps get your eye into the center faster for rapid target acquisition in close quarters. The ARBDC3 also adapts to a variety of light conditions. The center dot and surrounding open circle illuminate for low light shooting, and because the reticle is glass etched, it can also function without any illumination. When you need to go long, the upper ranging feature allows you to range silhouette targets up to 600 yards, while the bullet drop compensator, or BDC, keeps you on target up to 650 yards. Plus, you get wind holds for 5, 10, and 15 mile per hour winds. The ARBDC3 is specifically tuned to the ballistic performance of most common 5.56 loads out of an AR-15. There are resources in the reticle manual for conversions to 308, and as with any BDC, information gathered from a chronograph and ballistics calculator can adapt these hash marks to any other caliber and its own unique ballistic curve. From point blank to way down range, adapt with the ARBDC3. Hey, Toby Leary here from Cape Gunworks. Excited about the change in season. One thing that hasn't changed is the commitment to our customers. Come in, meet our friendly staff, take a class, and get your gun license. We have a 15-lane indoor range, a huge pro shop with tons of guns, ammo, archery, and accessories. Shop at capegunworks.com or tune in to Rapid Fire, our talk show about all things guns, the Second Amendment, and self-defense. Go to capegunworks.com and give us a shot.
Welcome back to Rapid Fire, a weekly show about all things guns, freedom, and the Second Amendment. I'm your host, Toby Leary, and we are glad you're here. And at this time, like every week, we are joined by the attorney, Keith Wanger, who is a Massachusetts-based attorney who clears up a lot of the, the minutiae around Massachusetts gun law, and oftentimes it is very murky here in Massachusetts. But Keith, how are you today? Snowbound and without internet access. How are things down on the tape? It is uh, no no sticky snow, that's for sure. But we are uh, definitely getting some snow, so it's actually accumulating in your area, huh? Yeah, we're getting the uh, the coffee stuff. It's starting to spill. We'll see what actually happens. Cool. Well, we're glad you're on the show. I, we won't keep you long today because we had some uh, phone connection issues, but. Um, and it sounds a little muffled, but I was wondering, we had a question come in last week, uh, and I know the rhetorical nature of this question, but there's some validity to getting a legal answer to it. And basically what it is, is if someone's out in the woods walking their dog uh, in the woods and a coyote attacks their dog and they shoot the coyote or they... Uh, fire a shot and it runs off and then they walk out of the woods and get in their car and go home. Do they have a duty to report that according to mass state law? And I didn't know if you could weigh in on that. Do you know off the top of your head there or have you researched or looked into that in the past? Well, if you're talking about a coyote attack, that should be reported to animal control and possibly fish and game Mm -hmm. because... They want to know about that sort of activity, monitor a threat to hunters, joggers, BMXers, anybody else using the woods. It's not a question of a duty to report the fact that you pulled the trigger. The logic would be to protect yourself and others. First, the person who gets to the phone first is the hero. The person who gets to the phone first is the victim. The person who gets the phone call placed on is the perpetrator. Mm. So if you go to and call and report, I was in the town forest and a coyote attacked me, I fired at it and it ran away. You're covered. Yep. And you've done your civic duty because you've reported a possibly dangerous animal. Same thing if there was a dog. More importantly, if there was a dog. Coyotes don't have owners. Dogs do. Right. If the dog comes back with a bullet in it, you know there's going to be a call to the police and animal control. Sure. So you want to make sure your phone call is all already on record, that you were walking in the woods and an unleashed dog attacked you. Right. Now, what kind of... Is there any liability that could, you know, like, obviously, could a somebody who the dog owner or whatever, could they say, um, hey, you know, you shot my dog, he's the friendliest dog, he's never bit anybody, um, and you shot my dog. He was turning his life around, right? What's that? And he was just turning his life around, right? Right, yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah, this dog was on the, he was up on the wagon and he hadn't bit anybody in years. But, I mean, the point is, like, if somebody, you know, a dog starts loping towards somebody and it looks like they're, 
in a threatening or menacing manner, maybe growling its teeth or about, and the person thinks they're about to get bit, and they shoot the dog, can they be charged or sued? Or I mean, I guess anyone can be sued for anything, but is there, what's the reality of that liability? Well, the reality is it's going to be up to the negligent dog owner to prove that their unleashed, unsupervised dog was not attacking the person who had to shoot it in self-defense. Interesting. So be prepared for all the family photos of the puppy-licking children's faces and eating Christmas dinner out of its special bowl and all the rest of the nonsense that goes with that type of person. And they'll say, oh, he, he, was, he was trained, or we were working with him, or he was only friendly. Mm. I had a situation this fall with a guy who was too irresponsible to train his dog. It knocked the neighbor over, not once, but twice. Mm. And then he's out in the parking lot of his office in town where it knocked over a woman going to a car. Oh. Now... These were not attacks, at least that was my argument, because this was a pit bull mix. And if the dog was attacking somebody, we'd have medical reports. Mm-hmm. It was just an untrained dog and an utterly irresponsible owner who let the untrained dog run around knocking people over. But the bottom line is, three strikes are out, and he lost in a dangerous dog hearing. Mm. So it's going to be up on the dog's owner to prove that he wasn't attacking you when you were in the woods. It's going to be a neat trick because apparently the owner wasn't close enough to keep the dog under control. Yeah. Now, I actually heard that um, someone actually told me that if you're up in Maine or whatever and a dog starts chasing wildlife, I don't know if this is just an old wives' tale or whatever, but runs off after a deer or something that they can legally shoot the dog. And I don't, I've never heard of such an, a thing, but if the dog is chasing wild game or something like that, uh, that they can shoot the dog. Have you ever heard of that? I've heard about that. I would not rely on fud tales and wild prison rumors. Right. I would check with fish and game, but the fact remains, if a dog is running deer, and it's usually part of a pack because that's how canines run, then the chances are excellent it's going to be shot, legally or otherwise, because even if the law does not permit a dog to be shot for running game, sooner or later that dog is going to run across a hunter who greatly resents the fact that some irresponsible dog is destroying his hunting. Mm. Yeah. Or should I say some dog owned by an irresponsible owner? Right. Well, interestingly enough, they use dogs to hunt deer down south and whatnot, so it's a different... You know, it's definitely a cultural shift just in our own country down well, south. It's, really, the, the dogs for down there is hogs, and coon, and possum. You'll definitely see dogs in the woods for those seasons. Sure, and deer season, too. <laughs> they do it down in North Carolina. They have a whole clubs of people that join and run dogs. And the breed my dog is, uh, the Deutsch Drathar, there's actually a trial in the testing of them on how they react on deer drives, et cetera, because in Europe they use them for deer drives, and down south they do as well, especially down in, like, Jacksonville, uh, North Carolina, down on some of the military bases there to cull the herds. They'll run packs of dogs on them. It's pretty amazing. Um, and, you know, so the dogs are trained for that. But uh, I, I think it's crazy that people are even – threatening to shoot people's dogs in the woods. I'm like, man, has no one seen the movie John Wick? You know, 
<laughs> I mean, you get you shoot someone's dog, it's like shooting a family member to a lot of people. You know what I mean? Well, maybe it is you keep your family member under control instead of letting it be a nuisance to everyone else around them. Well, I, I agree with that, but I don't know that the dog just running through the woods and getting on a deer scent is being a nuisance. I get it if it's during the hunting season, yeah, and it's not allowed to... We're not talking about a door, a dog just running through the woods in Massachusetts. You don't hunt anything with dogs in Massachusetts. So if it's in the woods, it's only an issue if it's hunting you, if it's going after you. And I see that early in my practice. I had a case like that where a guy was jogging and another irresponsible dog owner had the dog running loose where the dog had no business running loose and unfortunate consequences resulted. Mm. Hmm. And the, the irresponsible dog owner came up, you know, like two minutes later, that's how far ahead the dog was. Oh, he wouldn't hurt you. He was only playing. Yeah, nobody. He, he was after me. He was circling me. His teeth were bared. That's not playing. Right. And guess what? He was not prosecuted because the dog shouldn't have been there. The person shouldn't have had the dog running loose there and we had uncontradicted testimony that the dog was bearing his teeth and circling the guy who had to shoot it Hmm. interesting well there's definitely people who train their dogs in the woods there's lots of dog seasons you know there's you can use dogs to hunt raccoons you can use dogs to hunt birds in massachusetts and uh but there's obviously a time and a place for that i would say just on, on the morning walk is is one thing but I probably, if you're training your dog, you're there. You're supervising it. That's what training is. Right, yeah. <laughs> Those people are not the problem. Right. Yeah, and uh, my partner just chimed into the chat and said, Toby, just get your dog trained. <laughs> yeah. My That's dog cool. has more training than the average, I don't even, you know, soldier that goes to war for crying out loud. So um, I would say there he's not no always the... There are problem dogs. There are problem dog owners. Yeah, oh, that's true. I would... So maybe I need the training. So nice. Uh, <laughs> oh, boy. But anyway, well, great. I appreciate that. And do, can you think of any other situations where you may have a duty to re- report any type of firearms-related shot besides a defensive shooting endeavor? Like if you, you know, I mean, obviously, if as long as you're 500 feet from an occupied dwelling and uh, 150 feet from the road, you can legally shoot, Right. Except in towns that you're forbid. responsible for every shot you fire. So if, for whatever reason, your shot doesn't go where it's supposed to go, uh, if it's accidentally or negligently discharged and results in property damage, and it's going to be on you to remedy that defect. Mm. Yeah. And then, again, that's the sort of thing where you want to be proactive. Yeah. You want to settle the issue, preferably privately, with whomever was harmed by the shot. You don't want them going to the police and saying, some idiot hunter shot at my tractor, my cow, my horse, my barn. (laughs) And then the PD comes in and fishing game comes in and you become the slob hunter that everybody's looking for. Amen to that. All right, well, how can people find you, Keith? Well, the best way is to go to the website, which is kglangerlaw.com or call the office 508-384-8692 Great. I appreciate you chiming in and we'll get with you next time. Thanks so much. Alright, we want to thank you for listening to Rapid Fire by giving you a very special top secret 
discount code. For a limited time, it will get you 10% off any purchase you make at capegunworks.com. It's CGWMA. So go online, go to capegunworks.com, and on checkout in the discount code area, put CGWMA, and you'll get your special 10% discount. We have Jake Martins from the USPSA next, so don't go away. You're listening to Rapid Fire. This is the Voltec VT-10i. It's your travel buddy, so it goes where you go. To your work, on the road, or at the range. It's the smart and rugged safe built to protect, no matter what you trust it with. We've made sure every inch of your safe is built to the highest possible standards. Security is at the forefront of our thoughts, so no unwanted guest. The VT-10i provides multiple quick and simple access points, including high-resolution biometrics, backlit numeric keys, keyed entry, and even your smartphone for remote access. The two-point anti-impact latches keep your safe strong. And Voltec lithium-ion battery charges in just 2.5 hours and lasts up to six months. So it won't let you down. There's a reason we're the number one rated biometric safe. Get yours at VoltecSafe.com and find us online at Facebook.com slash VoltecSafe. May your tag of a lifetime finally come through. May the snow pile up and the elk come down. May your socks always stay dry. May the herd bull finally break from the herd. And may your aim always stay true. Welcome to the next level. Welcome to the Vortex. If you're looking for legal protection, text CGWMA to 281-603-0066. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 for a special offer from U.S. Law Shield on self-defense insurance. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 to get a special offer from U.S. Law Shield today. All right, welcome back to Rapid Fire, your weekly show about all things guns, freedom, and the Second Amendment. I'm joined right now by Jake Martins, Director of Media and Events for USPSA, which I am really glad you took some time out of your busy schedule to be with us, and I appreciate you coming on the show. Thanks for coming, Jake. Yeah, thank you guys. Thanks for reaching out and uh, wanting to talk to us about USPSA and Steel Challenge and the stuff that we have going on. I'm, I'm glad to be a part of it. Excellent. And so I'm sure you're very busy these days, right? People are coming out of their COVID cocoons and starting to want to get outside and do more stuff. And uh, how has it been in the last couple of years? What are some of the challenges and some of the things you've seen? Well, we went into um, coming out of 2019 was our our biggest year of membership and um, matches that we had. 
uh, and we went straight into 2020 where we came out of SHOT Show. We had a plan for 2020 with all of our national events. And, you know, March 12th, March 13th, somewhere around there, the world reset. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we had to reschedule a bunch of stuff. And um, we continue to hold all of our national events that year. And we've not, we, we just rescheduled them and we've not slowed down. We did see a decrease, obviously, in shooting um, with, you know, certain areas of the country were shut down more so than other areas of the country. Um, luckily, some of our bigger areas, Texas and Florida, you know, some of the southern states, um, their restrictions weren't as great. So people got to shoot a lot more versus in other parts of the country, like where you guys are at or actually where our office is based out in Washington. Um Rolling into 2021, we continued to uh, just hold all of our matches. We saw most of the clubs start to open back up. And then we had, you know, some, some ammo crunch uh, that people were still experiencing. But at the same time, there's 12 million new gun owners, I think, in the last two years. Hmm. I think is the number that they, they kind of throw around. Right. And those guys um, are excited about doing something different standing on the static firing line at the local gun range. And we have seen a lot of new participants, not just in USPSA or Steel Challenge, but multi-gun. Uh, IDPA has seen some growth. Uh, multi-gun matches have seen some growth. So it's very encouraging to see these, these new gun owners um, out wanting to participate. And we're here to offer a venue that's different than um, standing on your static firing line at your local gun range. Yeah, so I probably should back up just a little bit and ask, why don't you just explain the basic, what is USPSA, what does it stand for, and what can a new shooter expect if they decide to jump in and, and go to a match or become a member? What does that all look like? So USPSA stands for the United States Practical Shooting Association. We are the um, American region or the U.S. region of IPSC, which is the International Practical Shooting Confederation, which is the international body. Um, IPSC was started and founded by Jeff Cooper back in 1975-76 at the Columbia Conference. Um, USPSA formed as an independent region back in 1984-1985. The United States Practical Shooting Association is divided up into areas, there are eight different areas in the United States, and in each one of those areas are sections that are somewhat uh, state-boundaried. Um, and then there's affiliated clubs that host matches pretty much every day of the week, primarily on weekends, that run action shooting sports stages where you're moving and shooting, reloading. You're given a, a problem. Basically, this is the stage. These are the targets. This is where you start. This is where your hand position is, and you go and solve the problem based on the firearm that you chose to shoot that fits into one of eight divisions. The divisions are divided up into firearm category as far as open gun, which is highly uh, customized 2011-style high-capacity pistols with optics, compensators, Usually 28 to 29 round magazines shooting 9mm major or 38 super comp ammunition. You have limited division, which are um, single action, usually 40 caliber style 2011 high capacity firearms. 
You have open um, um, from from limited division. You go into carry optics division, which is a new division that is uh, double action, single action, striker fired firearms, more of their uh, off the shelf style Sig 320s, CZ Shadow 2 optics ready guns that have a slide mounted optic that are shooting nine millimeter factory style ammo or reloads. We have the traditional single stack division. 1911, um, 45, 9mm, 40 revolver, which is, you know, pretty self-explanatory. It's a revolver. Now, do you have, sorry to interrupt, but do you, what's the, I'm sure the, all the ones you've mentioned so far are pretty popular, especially this new carry optics division. Um, but what about revolvers? You still have a lot of people shooting revolver stages in this? No. No. (laughs) (laughs) We don't. Um, Revolver, there are, there are diehard enthusiasts that still come out and shoot revolver. It's still recognized with Revolver National Champions, um, but it is our least populated as far as uh, activities or match results division. Um, single stack is also a diehard enthusiast type division where guys still want to shoot their, their 1911s. Um, it is, it's popular, but it's not as popular as production division, which is your Glock, SIG, CZs, um, Walters, and then we also have pistol caliber carbine, which is an AR, um, nine millimeter carbine style rifle that's pretty popular as well. Yeah, that, so, that sounds exciting. Yeah, yeah, so the, what we refer to as the classic divisions, which are single stack and revolver. Um, we do have a national championship that's coming up in May for that. Um, it'll be, you know, 250 competitors. But when you compare that to carry optics, which will be a standalone single division nationals that we have in September at the CMP Marksmanship Park in Talladega, there'll be over 400 people that will participate in just that one single division nationals. Wow. So that kind of gives you an idea. Yeah, it kind of gives you an idea of the popularity of slide mounted optic handguns um that are you know 700 to 1500 dollars you have you know for 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 1500 dollars you can go and buy a the same gun that the world champion shot mm. uh, you know yeah so, yeah yeah versus some of the highly customized open guns that take you know reloaded ammunition so cost of entry to get into carry optics cost of entry to get into production is a lot lower than some of the more specialized divisions. And that's why we've seen such a growth in those. Plus that's what people are buying, right? Right. I mean, if you go to, if you go to Cabela's or your local gun store, if all of, all of the manufacturer's guns are coming as optics ready guns. So. Yeah. I mean, it's what we've seen a resurgence of it. I mean, a, a surge of people buying optics ready guns now and for the nominal price difference of the gun to get it, optics ready versus not it's it's a no-brainer you know you might as well just pay the extra 25 to 50 bucks or in some cases it's not even any upcharge but um right you know for the most part it just makes sense to be able to have that and i personally just went to a uh optic on my carry gun in the last year after kind of fighting the trend for so long until i realized there are some distinct advantages to it uh for a carry gun so yeah that's i just i i just wrote an article uh that'll be in the uh our magazine that we have a for our membership 
our magazine that comes out six times a year, the uh, USPSA Front Sight Magazine, um, where, you know, in 1990, 1991, Jerry Barnhart stuck a, a aim point style or TASCO style scope mount onto a gun and won the world shoot and won USPSA Nationals, which launched this continuing trend of optics on handguns in competition. It was always, you know, USPSA Steel Challenge, Bianchi Cup was dominated with these with these scope mounted guns that are on there. Um, and if you look at the military, I mean the military started putting optics on rifles in the late eighties, early nineties, and now an AR rifle, I mean there are more AR rifles that are sold with no iron sights on them than there are with iron sights because it's easier to train somebody and you get better results with hits. And now that the optics are more reliable, you don't have to modify your handgun because it's coming optics ready. That trend in this industry is going to be moving to it. And you can see where, you know, companies like Springfield and SIG are releasing guns with the optic already on the gun. Um, and they're ready to go right from the box. You don't have to find the plate. You don't have to figure out how to, you know, what's the torque weight, you know, which optic fits the what plate, what footprint is what. It's a full package, and I think you will continue to see that trend, and we're seeing that trend on the competition side because that's what people have as their carry gun, mm. as their home defense gun. Um, it fits right into the divisions that we have, and it's a competitive firearm that's out there. Very cool. Um so, what, where could people find out more information about USPSA and if they want to get involved? And you're well, you welcome pretty green shooters, right? People who don't have a whole lot of experience shooting, or is this for more advanced people to, you know, should they do something else first? Well, so um, as far as it goes with, you should be familiar with the basic function of your firearm. You should have a usable holster. You should have uh, a couple of magazines and mag pouches and understand the basic gun handling safety rules before, my personal opinion, before you go to any type of competition, any type of training class, unless it's a true intro to, to firearms. You should, you should get some of that understanding, um, whether it's from a family member whether it's from a training class, whether it's from, you know, the local gun range where you purchase your firearm from that has some of that stuff. So just so you have the basic understanding yeah. of how that firearm functions, outloads, what you need to do with it. From there, yeah, we we don't require any certain level of certification to come and shoot USPSA matches other than the fact that you need to understand the safety part of what we're doing. Um, firearms are only handled under the direct supervision of a range officer. There are range officers that are at every one of the club matches that are out there. You do not um, have a loaded firearm unless you're actually your turn to shoot the stage. So firearms are all unloaded. They're all checked and cleared as they're holstered back up. Um, and that's the same on the steel challenge as well. So don't be intimidated by thinking that, you know, I've only stood on the static firing line. If you have a basic understanding of gun safety and you want to do something more dynamic, you can go to the USPSA website, USPSA.org, or the Steel Challenge website, SCSA.org, and click on and find a club near you. Um, most clubs are going to have contact information that's on there of the match director or the section coordinator. You can reach out to them and say, hey, 
I'd like to come and shoot a match, or I'd like to come and watch a match, or I'd, I'd like to get more information. Um, many of them have a kind of a new shooter orientation before the match starts. So say their match starts at 9 o'clock on a Sunday morning, you should get there at not 8.30. You should get there at 8, maybe even 7.30, offer to help set up stages, talk to people, meet people, let them know that you're new, and they'll usually squad you with somebody or a group of people that will kind of take you underneath their wing, guide you through things, explain things to you. It's a very open, friendly um, community of people, a lot of like-minded people. They're there to have fun. They're there to be safe. They're there to compete. It is competition. So if you if you Google up on YouTube, USPSA, you're going to see people running at full speed, engaging targets. But, but most of all, it's fun, right? It's a ton of fun. <laughs> it's, a, it's a ton of fun. Yeah. Don't be intimidated by watching somebody on a video that's that's doing a build drill, you know, where they're you know they're they're doing a draw and six rounds into a target in under two seconds, and you go, oh my God, I could never do that. Well, yeah. guess what? Well, there's that a lot of probably been doing it. Yeah, that guy's been doing it for five, six, seven years. Exactly. He couldn't do that. He couldn't do that in his first match either. Exactly. All right. Well, thanks for joining us, Jake. I really appreciate it. We'll have to have you on the show again in the future, and uh, we will be right back. This is Rapid Fire. If you're looking for legal protection, text CGWMA to 281-603-0066. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 for a special offer from U.S. Law Shield on self-defense insurance. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 to get a special offer from U.S. Law Shield today. Hey, it's Toby from Cape Gunworks. These days you need to be able to protect your family and yourself. At Cape Gunworks, we have self-defense training and frequent firearm certification classes. Cape Gunworks has a modern indoor range and a huge pro shop so you can get properly equipped. Get your gun license and the training you need to keep you and your loved ones safe. Go to capegunworks.com to sign up for classes, shop online, or tune into Rapid Fire. Cape Gunworks, there has never been a better time to give us a shot. joining us, Jake Martins of USPSA. Who knows, maybe someday we will be a sanctioned USPSA range here at Cape Gunworks. But in the meantime, we'll probably fire up our our uh, action pistol and action rifle matches that we used to have once a week. I am, I've been threatening to do this for about six, eight months. And I said, well, when the fall gets here, well, when the winter gets here, well, now when the spring gets here, but we better do it sooner rather than later because after a while, people want to be outside shooting in the sunny outdoors. But it is fun. If you've never shot a match, you should do it. Look up one of the local ones at the gun clubs and they have a, you know, it's a great time. They run real safe matches. And I brought my daughter to a couple of the USPSA matches in the past year. And she had a ball, and it was a lot of fun. Good day, good time spent together. And she did pretty good for a 12-year-old. So 
It was a lot of fun. Um, let's get to your questions because uh, this hour is flying by as usual. And I want to make sure we get to plenty of your questions. HPS was wondering if the M4 that I was showcasing in the latest YouTube and Instagram video was a clone because somebody misquoted the price to him. He, somebody said it was $595, which would obviously be a clone. So I think they were quoting you the the good price on the clone, but the one I actually showcased was an actual Benelli M4, and that is uh, right around $2,000 mark, and they're phenomenal guns. If you haven't seen that video, you can jump over to YouTube or Instagram, and I just did a quick review of three in-stock tactical defensive semi-automatic shotguns, the Benelli M4, the Beretta 1301 tactical in the LE configuration with the pistol grip stock, and also the Jerry Michalik 940 JM Pro, which is not that's the Mossberg. That's not necessarily uh, first and foremost for home defense, but it would certainly do that really well. It has a little bit longer barrel, but it would be a great three-gun um, shotgun as well. So, all right. Uh, and Thomas wants to know how the supply of 9mm is. It is holding steady, Tom. It is not... We have it in stock. The price has kind of stabilized, I will say. Hasn't quite gone down in price, but it hasn't gone up in price for a while. However, I've been told that April we will see another up to 10% price increase on ammunition. Wah, wah, wah. That would not be cool. I'm not looking forward to that. Uh, but I've already noticed a price increase from distributors. I haven't seen it from the manufacturers directly, but one of the biggest manufacturers of ammunition is the one that told me we will see a 10% price increase coming soon to a gun store near you in April. Not cool. Not cool. And Mike's got the right idea. He says, M422 is my next purchase. Can't wait to stop by and see what you have in stock. And <laughs> obviously, 22 is way cheaper to shoot than 9mm or a 223 or 5.56 or 300 blackout. So I would agree with you. You're on the right track, Mike. We have some great 22s. Uh, we have the Tipman Arms M4s. We got the HK 416s, the HK MP5s. So we got all kinds of fun 22s and the Smith & Wesson M&P 1522 is a staple around these plate parts here so come on down and we'll show you what we got remember to use Cape CGWMA at CapeGunWorks.com to get a special discount on all of your web orders that's code CGWMA so go to CapeGunWorks.com right now and get your very special discount using the code CGWMA. We will be right back. This is Rapid Fire. Made in America since 1949. Family owned and operated. Legendary performance. This is Hornady. Federal delivers a knockout punch with the leading defensive ammo on the market. Federal punch hollow points are accurate and reliable in all defensive situations. When you need reliability designed to provide a balanced mix of a 
effective penetration and expansion, you need Punch defensive ammunition from Federal, the leader in nickel-plated brass ammo with a sealed primer to deliver reliable feeding and ignition. Get Federal Punch defensive hollow-point ammunition here at Cape Gunworks. Snap Safe, featuring a pry-resistant 316-inch solid steel door, 2300-degree Fahrenheit one-hour fire shield protection, and a lifetime warranty. Snap Safe, a modular safe with welded safe security. If you're looking for legal protection, text CGWMA to 281-603-0066. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 for a special offer from U.S. Law Shield on self-defense insurance. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 to get a special offer from U.S. Law Shield today. To rapid fire, I'm your host Toby Leary, and join us every week at CapeGunworks.com. Click on Rapid Fire to be to sign up and be notified whenever we go live, so that you can be a part of the discussion. All right, a couple things on the national front that have been I've been really excited to share about. One is the California Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals. I guess it's not the California; it's the Federal uh, Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals ruled in January that the closure of gun stores violated people's Second Amendment rights. And the judge who had this ruling actually ended up um, uh, making a prediction that it would go to the en banc panel of three judges and wrote like what the dissenting opinion would look like. And so... Interestingly enough, of course, it did go to a three-judge panel, and the Lawrence uh, Van Dyke, Judge Lawrence Van Dyke, uh, was the one that wrote the um, the order. But the good news is they have upheld that decision. So this three-judge panel has upheld that violating that the you know closure of gun stores during the COVID nineteen uh, pandemic was a violation of people's Second Amendment rights. One of the laws of unintended consequences really came back to bite California because they passed universal background checks as a state, which is something the national uh, landscape of gun control advocates are trying to do. And so in California, they have done that. So when they shut down all gun stores... How can you say you haven't violated people's Second Amendment rights when you must go to a gun store in order to buy a gun? They took away the ability to do private transfers or private sales. And in Massachusetts, Maura Healy's argument to uh, the federal judge when we were a part of the lawsuit initially, um, but the lawsuit that went forward uh, was heard, Attorney General Maura Healy's argument was, oh, we haven't violated anyone's Second Amendment rights because they can still do a face-to-face transfer. And I made it a big deal at the time that they want universal background checks, but they're using the ability of the private transfer to say how they aren't violating people's rights by closing down all the gun stores. So that really backfired for them in the Ninth Circuit in 
you know, California shutting down gun stores. So that's good precedent that we have set. And hopefully that would uh, continue, um, you know, as a result. And I know Firearms Policy Coalition is one of the groups that is really heavily involved in that. And I threatened last week to play the cut. And I want to do that now from Firearms Policy Coalition cut one of people who whenever they don't know what the heck they're talking about, yet they try to opine about guns and gun control and the features of guns and et cetera, et cetera. So they put together this really good montage, and I'm going to go ahead and play that now. Go ahead. You don't need an AR-15. A double-barrel magazine, extended clips. 30 magazine clips to disperse with 30 bullets within half a second. Semi-automatic. This is a ghost gun. We lose 93 million Americans a day to gun violence. It's a shoulder thing that goes up. Some of these bullets have an incendiary device on the tip of it, which is a heat-seeking device. The number of these high-capacity magazines is going to decrease dramatically because the bullets will have been shot and there won't be any more available. I love that. That is the perfect montage. And if you're watching online, you you got to see the video of that. And that's even better because they have this like infographic of it as it plays out. And they're trying to keep the, you know, show what they're describing in like a cartoony form. And it's just hysterical. But um, and then another video that illustrates the absurdity of gun control advocates arguments was on it was a couple of years ago now on the Hickok 45 YouTube channel and Tucker Carlson joined the show for a little bit. And so I want to play just a couple minutes. It's a long clip. You can look it up on your own, but we're going to go ahead and play uh, cut two and it's hysterical. So check, check this out. Hickok 45 here and John, we're going to do a little basics, quick video and explaining the difference between a barrel shroud and a shoulder thing that goes up. Whoa, whoa, whoa. My name's Tucker Carlson. I'm not from the ATF. I am a concerned citizen. And what was your I, name again? Tucker Carlson. Okay. And yeah. when I hear the term barrel shroud or STTGU, shoulder thing that goes up, I know we're in an unsafe environment. That right there is a species of barrel shroud, correct? It shrouds the barrel. And this right here is a shoulder thing that goes up. Both of these features have been banned in various states. And the reason is really simple. If you're firing a gun to the point where it gets hot, you're dangerous. Oh, oh! And if you I have a shoulder thing that goes up, it's not clear why that's bad, but it is. Uh, maybe I, I have an idea. Maybe it's because if you if you have to have a rifle that is so heavy that yes. you are not able to support it yourself, then by definition, it's deadlier. Exactly. Well, right. And if you're not singeing your let me see your palms for a second. Look at this. Yeah. This is a classic gun criminal. You'll notice there are no burns on those palms. That's true. Evidence of a barrel shroud. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I've seen these rifles like this. This is what we call an assault rifle or a <laughs> weapon of war, if you will. With this feature right here, this barrel shroud, I have seen guns like this on their own remove themselves from a safe and commit atrocities. You have? I, yes, I, don't I have. It and that's why they're banned. Which one do you think is more dangerous, the shoulder thing that goes up or the barrel shroud? I mean, when you get into the territory of barrel shrouds or STTGUs, shoulder things that go up, all bets are off. Yeah. Okay, we know for a fact 
that these things are banned for a good reason. And in fact, I personally have asked our lawmakers, and I mean directly as a citizen to a legislator, why do I need to be safe from that? Why does America need to be free of features like barrel shrouds? And her answer was really simple. I have, simple. I have no idea. I have no idea. But look at it. That's scary. It's terrifying. <laughs> Amen to that. Good, good clip there. So, uh, yeah, you know, check that video out. It's, it's awesome. And it shows that the people that make these laws don't think it through because they don't have an understanding on how guns work. They just think they look scary. I don't like the looks of that gun. That's scary. And guns are scary. Well, you know what? Guns keep a lot of people alive every year. And I'm thankful that our founders had the wherewithal and foresight to put and acknowledge that our God-given right to keep and bear arms or defend ourselves against tyranny is written right into the fabric of our founding documents. So... Thank you for tuning in, and remember the show ends here, but goes on for another hour where we get to more of your questions, so tune in at capegunworks.com and click on the rapid-fire icon. You can join us and ask your questions, check out some of our videos. Freedom will always be on the right side of history. I'm Toby Leary. Don't go away. We'll be back, and we'll see you next time on Rapid Fire. Thanks so much. May your tag of a lifetime finally come through. May the snow pile up and the elk come down. May your socks always stay dry. May the herd bull finally break from the herd. And may your aim always stay true. Welcome to the next level. Welcome to the Vortex. Alexander Hamilton said, Those who stand for nothing will fall for anything. This is Toby from Cape Gunworks. When our founding fathers drafted the Second Amendment, there was no question of its meaning. Today, if you have questions, come to Cape Gunworks for some advice, training, or to send a few rounds downrange. We have a fully stocked pro shop with a huge selection of guns, crossbows, archery, classes, rentals, a 15-lane range, and a friendly staff. Come on down to Cape Gunworks Airport Road, Hyannis, or capegunworks.com. This is the Voltec VT-10i. It's your travel buddy, so it goes where you go. To your work, on the road, or at the range. It's the smart and rugged safe built to protect, no matter what you trust it with. We've made sure every inch of your safe is built to the highest possible standards. Security is at the forefront of our thoughts, so no unwanted guest. The VT-10i provides multiple quick and simple access points, including high-resolution biometrics, backlit numeric keys, key entry, and even your smartphone for remote access. The two-point anti-impact latches keep your safe strong 
and Voltec lithium-ion battery charges in just 2.5 hours and lasts up to six months. So it won't let you down. There's a reason we're the number one rated biometric safe. Get yours at VoltecSafe.com and find us online at Facebook.com slash VoltecSafe. May your tag of a lifetime finally come through. May the snow pile up and the elk come down. May your socks always stay dry. May the herd bull finally break from the herd. And may your aim always stay true. Welcome to the next level. Welcome to the Vortex. If you're looking for legal protection, text CGWMA to 281-603-0066. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 for a special offer from U.S. Law Shield on self-defense insurance. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 to get a special offer from U.S. Law Shield today. Radio show sponsored by Vortex Optics. Tune in every week at CapeComerch.com. Click on Rapid Fire and be a part of the conversation. You can like and subscribe on all of our social media platforms as well, like YouTube and Getter and Facebook and Instagram, wherever you get your big tech social media. We are there. Our handle is at Cape Gunworks. And this, the second hour, we're going to talk a little bit more locally and get to your questions so i appreciate everyone who's hung in there this far <clears throat> we had a busy first hour with some guests and whatnot so um mud flaps is asking do i follow any gun channels on youtube and if so which ones yes my favorite is cape gunworks <laughs> shameless plug there no and i like uh the firearms uh the gun collective tgc is a good one. I follow PDN Network, Personal Defense Network. Um, I also follow Jared Yanis's channel, um, Guns and Gadgets. And then what else do I follow as far as like, you know, and then I randomly search out and seek out other content as, basically on a subject matter basis. So I'll type in a subject matter and whatever channel is covering it, I'll watch whatever it is. But I would say that those are the big three that I actually subscribe to. Of course, Jerry Michalik. Um, I enjoy his channel and some of his videos as well. But, you know, basically those are the big three or four that I follow. Um, yeah. So check those out. Uh, let's see. And Jay says, police chief here in the Commonwealth after spending a career in New Hampshire. Been learning, it been a learning experience for sure. Not a fan of the law enforcement carve-outs. Make it seem like two classes of citizens. And amen to that, brother. And I'm glad to hear a police chief feels that way as well. Because if you think about it, to say to a police that your rights are still intact, 
your existing rights are still intact. And then in the very next verse, say, or what they don't say is, but everybody else, you common serfs, you are, uh, your rights have been violated and taken away by edict and by fiat and by the wave of my hand and the wave of a magic wand and the keyboard strokes of my keyboard that I sent the article to the Boston Globe. Um, after that, the rest is history. And everybody else kind of bows down in subservience and says, oh, yes, master. Yes, master. Thank you. May I have another? And so um, the same tyrant that did that closed down gun stores in you know, March of 2021 there and uh, shut us down for over eight weeks. And so we had to, you know, shift and really pivot and figure out how to not lay people off and not, you know, lose our shirt and keep the building getting paid for and overhead and lighting and uh, et cetera, et cetera. So I hate the two-tiered justice system. I don't think it's right to say to law enforcement that, we trust you more than we trust the average citizen um, because there's no evidence for that. And it's a dumb argument all the way around. Um, I think that, you know, the law-abiding responsible gun owner who's jumping through all of the hoops to exercise the right to keep and bear arms in a state like Massachusetts is someone who can be trusted. And you don't have to... You don't have to worry about them. Are there always going to be some bad apples? Of course. But most people want to keep their guns and keep their um, head of, you know, above water and you know, basically running in the right direction. And I don't think you have to worry about them and say, oh, we don't trust you. You can't have those high-capacity magazines. You can't have those bayonet lugs. You can't have those shoulder-goes-up things like on the... Hickok 45 one. You can't have those evil collapsible stocks. What are you, crazy? You can't have folding stocks. You can't have pistol grip firearms with detachable magazines. Crazy. You can't have a flash hider. Are you nuts? You can't have suppressors. Suppressors, you know, might preserve your hearing, but that's too dangerous for you, Joe Citizen, to have. So, yeah, I'm not a big fan of the two-tiered justice system. Um, lots of comments about my dog needing to get trained or the handler might need training and uh, <laughs> all that. Uh, let's see. John's wondering if there is a list of rental guns available for the range. It's difficult to actually see what is available as they are mounted deep behind the range counter. And John, um, we will get you a set of Vortex binoculars so that you can see the guns behind the range counter upon request. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. I don't have an active list of guns. It does change from time to time. Ah! But as a general rule of thumb in the handgun world, it's all of the guns that, well, not all of them, but the good majority of guns that we sell on a day-to-day -day basis are available for rent. And a bunch of guns that are just kind of fun novelty guns to shoot that we can't sell in Massachusetts. But you can shoot here at Cape Gunworks. Um, but we will print out a list and I'm hoping to group the guns into some groups. I think it would be kind of cool to have like the, you know, Band of Brothers ta uh, package or the, um, you know, where you have like an M1 carbine, an M1 Garand and a, 
1911. So you can come rent that through. Or the Matrix package where you get the MP5, the Glock 19 or Glock 17, and, you know, maybe an Uzi or something like that. And you get to rent these three iconic guns. You could have the, the good, the bad, and the ugly. You could have uh, a lever-action rifle, a stagecoach, double-barreled shotgun, and a single-action army. So that'd be kind of fun to group them into, you know, themed groups. So we're nice. probably going to do that at some point. It'll be kind of fun. And then you can work your way through all the packages. We'll have the Terminator with the lever-action 12-gauge shotgun and the pump-action 12-gauge shotgun and whatever, maybe a Desert Eagle or something like that. We'll see how it goes. Um, Johnny wants to know what the best way, if you want to buy a Glock Gen 4 and newer, how to purchase in mass, being that they don't sell here. How does this transaction happen? I really like the Gen 519 MOS and any word of advice. Game over. So, Johnny, what you want to do is we can uh, help you find a frame and then we'll bring it in. And once you have the frame, you can build it into the, the gun that you want. That's the best way to do it. And once you build it into the gun that you want, you have seven days to register it. So we have a good resource of frames that you could we can get for you and it's pretty easy to build them out once you get them we can get them stripped or complete and then you just got to put your slide on as well or you can build it yourself literally from a package of parts so that's that's one of the ways to do it and uh works out well and then you get a new gen 5 glock 19 in this state uh because the attorney general has deemed that that gun is unsafe for you the law-abiding responsible gun owner. Not for law enforcement. They exempt them from the Attorney General's regulations. But for you, totally unsafe. So, yeah, I digress. If you're hearing this and you don't have your gun license yet, we have regularly scheduled LTC classes, including ladies only and couples classes. We have one on April 2nd if you want to come with your significant other. Sign up at capegunworks.com. And we will be right back. This is Rapid Fire. If you crave versatility in a tactical reticle, the new ARBDC3 delivers with a host of features you need to adapt in the field. A 1 MOA center dot provides a precise point of aim, while the surrounding 16 MOA open circle helps get your eye into the center faster for rapid target acquisition in close quarters. The ARBDC3 also adapts to a variety of light conditions. The center dot and surrounding open circle illuminate for low light shooting, and because the reticle is glass etched, it can also function without any illumination. When you need to go long, the upper ranging feature allows you to range silhouette targets up to 600 yards, while the bullet drop compensator, or BDC, keeps you on target up to 650 yards. Plus, you get wind holds for 5, 10, and 15 mile per hour winds. The AR BDC-3 is specifically tuned to the ballistic performance of most common 5.56 loads out of an AR-15. There are resources in the reticle manual for conversions to 308, and as with any BDC, information gathered from a chronograph and ballistics calculator can adapt these hash marks to any other caliber and its own unique ballistic curve. From point blank to way down range, adapt with the AR BDC-3.
Hey, Toby Leary here from Cape Gunworks. Excited about the change in season. One thing that hasn't changed is the commitment to our customers. Come in, meet our friendly staff, take a class, and get your gun license. We have a 15-lane indoor range, a huge pro shop with tons of guns, ammo, archery, and accessories. Shop at capegunworks.com or tune in to Rapid Fire, our talk show about all things guns, the Second Amendment, and self-defense. Go to capegunworks.com and give us a shot. Toby Leary, we're listening to the only weekly radio show that is all things guns, freedom, Second Amendment, and self-defense, and I have a victory lap for you guys. This is actually a great little article on AmmoLand.com, and uh, I'm just going to read it. Bear with me. It's about two paragraphs, so uh, bear with me, but it starts out... Dear Gabby, Shannon, and Tiny Mike, the instant the first Russian T-80 crossed the Ukrainian border, the whole world could see the uselessness of everything you've ever said and everything you've ever done. You've been overtaken by events, mooted and muted in one fail swoop. No, So scram, leave the field. It's time for you and your gun band groups to go. There's a madman with nukes on the loose who's just 50 miles from Alaska's port bow. Now no one knows how far he's willing to go, so you're out. The adults are taking charge. Your services are no longer required. Please take the demanding moms and their creepy husbands with you. Open a box of wine and have yourselves a good cry. Ukraine learned nearly too late that the right to keep and bear arms saves lives while the civilian disarmament pipe dream that you've been peddling for decades costs lives. You can read the rest of the uh, article on Ammo Land, but nothing uh, warms the cockles of my heart as much as that little article, and I, I thought you guys might get a kick out of it. I wanted to be able to read it in the first hour. We just ran out of time, um, but it's it's so true. If anything, the last couple weeks' events has really put into sharp focus the reason for the Second Amendment, um, not just for invading armies, but for tyrannical governments. Um, so anyway, back to your questions. Them Apples is saying he's just tuning in. Can I tell you what the Hellcats are selling for? The Hellcats are going for five seventy four ninety nine um, at the moment. This batch that the first initial batch that I got are at that price. I don't know if there'll be a price increase for twenty twenty two or not, but, and the optics ready ones were the same exact price. So, uh, 575, the OSP version, which is the optics ready one was, uh, 575 as well. We're out of the optics ready ones, but we have plenty of the standard ones in stock. So come on down if you want one for 575. It's a great alternative to the 365. My favorite feature on it is the fact that it does not have a thumb safety, like the mass-approved 365. So if you want a good striker-fired subcompact 10-round capacity in a 9mm carry size gun, then for under 600 bucks, it's your gun. It's a good gun. It shoots well, has good sights, 
and I'm pretty impressed with it. So there you go. Uh, let's see. Vinny would love to see a league night at Cape Gunworks, and we appreciate that, Vinny. We would love to have one soon and often, so hopefully we'll be getting that done pretty soon. So stay tuned. And Davey wants to know what a CZ Bren 2 carbine and 5.56 would go for these days. I think they're right around 2300 bucks, if I'm not mistaken, or 2399 They're not the cheapest option out there, but they're really nice. I just can't get my hands on one. I can get my hands on the pistol version, which is a no-go zone in the People's Republic of Afghanistan. But um, the carbine version, I think... I don't know if they're discontinuing it or they have to change the way it's put together here in in America or, you know, if there's 922R stuff going on with it. But I've heard that they are hard to get and restricted or something like that. I don't know. But it's a really cool gun and it is a non-reciprocating charging handle that shoots 5.56, takes AR mags. So it's a good option in this state. So uh, Pippins is agreeing that Steel Challenge would be fun. And Chris says Steel Challenge would be a really good time. Um, so we'll try working towards that goal. And MacMan says, I've been looking at the LPVO optics and was wondering what my thoughts were on the Vortex Strike Eagle 1-8 to Gen 2. And I'm a huge fan of the Strike Eagle 1-8. to I actually have... A box over my shoulder. I don't know if you can see it, um, but it's right there under the Cape Gunworks sign. That's the Vortex Strike Eagle 1 to 8 Gen 2. I have one on one of my guns. Uh, I don't, it's not the one behind me, but it is a low power variable optic with that uh, ARBDC reticle, and it's 400 bucks lifetime warranty. Illuminated reticle, second focal plane, comes with a throw lever, and the reticle is awesome on it. I really like it. So I'm a huge fan. It's probably our best-selling low-power variable optic at Cape Gunworks, and boy, does it work well. It's a really, really good option. So what people who are listening might not understand about a low-power variable optic, the concept of it is on one power, it acts very similar to a red dot sight. So it's almost an entire field of view um, like a red dot would be. You can shoot with both eyes open, et cetera, et cetera, and it has a bullet drop compensator built into the reticle. But when you need to shoot two or three or 400 yards, it's got the bullet drop compensator built in, and you can zoom it up to eight power. Now, if you think about that, eight power is not exactly known as a high-powered scope these days. But the military was using 10 power scopes on sniper rifles up until very recent times. So 8 power can certainly be used to reach out to a very far distance. In fact, when I was in Texas on that hunt, I got to shoot 1,000 yards for the first time. It was a lot of fun. And I was shooting my AR-10 that I built with a 1-10 to 10 Vortex Razor HD at a thousand yards i was shooting that at a thousand yards trying to hit it at a thousand i was walking it in because i didn't have the um the ballistics chart you know downloaded properly so i was kind of kentucky windaging it and i ran out of ammo i had like five rounds to try to shoot at a thousand and 
I got it up to about 950 yards. Uh, you know, I was shooting at a thousand, but I'd watch the dirt kick up at about 950, and then I was out of mag, out of uh, ammo, so I couldn't make any more adjustments. But that gun was capable of reaching out to a thousand yards with a 10 power scope. So the one to eight is a very capable uh, scope. I love it, and it's it's very good. So. Davey's saying Truth Social finally let him in, and he's patiently waiting for our page. Very good deal, man. We're trying to get on. We're in the queue. We're waiting, and I think it'll be a really good platform. It'll be interesting to see how we fare on a platform that is not throttled or shadow banned, whatever, because all big tech is. So there you go. Um, Remington is producing the 870 Tactical uh, oh, is Remington producing the 870 Tactical? And if so, is there any likelihood of seeing them in stock? I don't think I've seen the Tactical yet. I'm sure it's coming soon. I know we have them on order. I have got the 870 Express combos, which come with the 20-inch barrel and the 28-inch barrel. So that 20-inch barrel would work pretty good for home defense. And we have tons of stocks that you can throw on the 870 and make it tactical. So I would just grab one of the expresses if you're not willing to wait because um, I have no idea when they'll come out. They haven't really given us any ship dates yet, but I'd like to see it. And Matt's just getting in now. What's the Steel Challenge all about? Well, in the first hour, Matt, we had uh, Jake Martins of the USPSA on. He's the director of media and events and uh, one of the big wigs on the from USPSA, and we were talking to him about Steel Challenge and USPSA matches, etc. And we've been kicking around the idea of doing some matches here at Cape Gunworks again. And I'd love to get uh, Steel matches going, so we'll see how it goes. But um, Matt's saying, Arlo is an angel, and I appreciate that, Matt. I agree. He's a good good boy. And so uh, not everybody loves him, though, unfortunately. There's some that would like to see him chase deer in Maine, if you know what I mean. <laughs> HPS is saying that the CZ is at least 1800 bucks, And I must have missed a comment by Davey because I don't see the CZ question. Ah, the CZ Bren 2. Yeah, they're more than that. I already answered that, but oh, it's my. well over two grand at this point. Um, <laughs> you forgot inflation. Uh, KJ Mack, the Die Hard package would be good. The Smith & Wesson Model 15, the Beretta 92, Steyr Aug Bullpup, and an MP5. That'd be great. We could get the cardboard get the cardboard cutouts of Hans Gruber. And uh, yeah, the MP5 made a lot of appearances in that movie, but that would be cool. Um, the Beretta 92 is one we have on the range. We sold our Steyr Aug. It was a really nice gun. Um, and I like that gun, but whatever. I don't know if I'll buy one specifically for use on the range. So maybe we could do the Smith & Smith Wesson Model 15, the Beretta 92, and the MP5. But just a thought. Chris is looking for the plasma rifle in the 40-watt range. <laughs> um, and Tess says, do we have any Smith & Wesson ah! M&P 9 Shield Plus in stock? We do. We have an ample supply of those. We, uh, I'm not sure the price right off the top of my head. I'm guessing right around 549 but phenomenal gun. Smith & Wesson did it right. They tested both the thumb safety and the no thumb safety version, and it's amazing how 
that is the gun that should have come out in the first place, but they didn't increase almost at all in size. The width of the grip got a little bit bigger from the original, but yet they were able to go from 8 to 10 rounds. So there you go. Take a private lesson at Cape Gunworks. Get one-on-one instruction tailored to you. We have lessons from pistol, rifle, and shotgun, or test out different guns, not to mention archery. But book one now. Go to capegunworks.com slash privates. We will be right back. This is Rapid Fire. is the Voltec VT-10i. It's your travel buddy, so it goes where you go. To your work, on the road, or at the range. It's the smart and rugged safe built to protect, no matter what you trust it with. We've made sure every inch of your safe is built to the highest possible standards. Security is at the forefront of our thoughts, so no unwanted guest. The VT-10i provides multiple quick and simple access points, including high-resolution biometrics, backlit numeric keys, key entry, and even your smartphone for remote access. The two-point anti-impact latches keep your safe strong, and Voltec lithium-ion battery charges in just 2.5 hours and lasts up to six months, so it won't let you down. There's a reason we're the number one rated biometric safe. Get yours at VoltecSafe.com and find us online at Facebook.com slash VoltecSafe. May your tag of a lifetime finally come through. May the snow pile up and the elk come down. May your socks always stay dry. May the herd bull finally break from the herd. And may your aim always stay true. Welcome to the next level. Welcome to the Vortex. If you're looking for legal protection, text CGWMA to 281-603-0066. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 for a special offer from U.S. Law Shield on self-defense insurance. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 to get a special offer from U.S. Law Shield today. back to Rapid Fire, your weekly show about all things guns, freedom, Second Amendment, and self-defense, where we answer your questions if you go to kickgunworks.com and click on Rapid Fire. And one thing I'm really excited about is back by popular demand is the AR-15 build class. Dun-dun-dun! This has been one of our most requested classes since that day that will live in infamy, the 7-2016, when Maura Healy stopped the world from turning out AR-15s. We used to do a class here at Cape Gunworks. It was called an AR-15 build class. And 
you paid a fee, you bought a lower, we did the background check, and then we gave you the assistance and the instruction on how to build it. When it was all said and done, we told you how to register it with the state of Massachusetts, and then we would test fire it. And we are excited to be bringing these back, albeit a little different. They will be a fixed mag AR-15 build class. So you will get a dark storm. Um, yes, Harry, you're one of the most requesters of this class. <laughs> he says, AR-15 build class, I'm in. Um, but you'll get a fixed mag AR lower when you book the class. And we'll do the background check. And then the day of the class, you'll get the kit to build it out 100% firing it'll be ready to go on the range and we'll test fire it in the class or at the end of class um, but you'll get the instruction by Joe R. Gunsmith who's going to teach you how to turn the wrenches properly and do all the pins etc cetera, etc cetera. and so um, we're really excited about that so stay tuned for that and Joe, if you want to post the date into the chat, I'll read it because I already forget. I think it's in April, though. Um, March is already full of classes. So we're excited about hosting that. And you'll be with Joe the Gunsmith from Shooting Gallery New England, who runs his own podcast if you want to check him out. It's called Shooting in the Woods Podcast. So you're going to want to check that out. But anyway, we'll, we'll get the details to you about price and date and all that and duration. It's going to pretty much kill a day. So it'll be a Saturday, May 14th. All right. So Saturday, May 14th is the day and uh, we'll get it up on the website so you can book it and we'll get you a lower. It's going to be awesome. You guys are going to love it. It's going to be a lot of fun. So anyway, we got that going on. All right, let's get back to your questions. Um, let's see. Uh, yeah, I guess I'm up to date on that. Cool. So, let's see. Uh, Ukrainians are quietly training for an insurgency. That's nothing new. I'm sure everybody has uh, seen that. Uh, and uh, let's see. Uh, ATF has a new Catch-22 for home-built silencers. This was something that I read about yesterday, which was interesting how um, the ATF... In a state where you can legally own suppressors or silencers, as they're known, or firearms mufflers, um, they're treated the same as all other firearms. They are subject to a registration and a tax that you got to pay to the NFA. But in Massachusetts, it does us zero good because we can't own suppressors. But if you live in a free state and you can uh, purchase one or build one, then you can do what's known as a Form 1 and make your own firearm suppressor. But what has been happening is the ATF is really concerned about a lot of these parts that you can buy on Wish.com and et cetera, et cetera, and all these, you know, kits or solvent traps, et cetera, et cetera. And they're um, really nervous that people are buying these things and not, you know, and they're illegally assembling them. And then there's the people who buy them and want to assemble them legally. So there's people who have done the Form 1 to apply to build a suppressor, and then the ATF is kicking it back, saying that the their form is too vague or 
Um, there's, they need more information. They need photos of the parts that you have. And they need the source of where you got the parts. And they need um, the methodology or your uh, plan on how to build it, et cetera, et cetera. And so um, they're trying to do all this so that they can probably make regulation on the components. Because it used to be one of those things like if you had a tube and a bunch of washers and some springs and stuff, they could say there was constructive intent on making a suppressor. But nothing could be further from the truth. Uh, but with these solvent traps, et cetera, et cetera, um, you know, you can order all the parts you need to make it into a suppressor right off the Internet. And there's even a guy who doesn't even try to hide the fact that you could use these parts as a suppressor, but these are not suppressors, they're solvent traps, which is a total legal use for these, as long as you don't screw it on your gun and shoot stuff through it. So if you do buy these parts, there's been people that have said like, oh yeah, the ATF will be knocking on your door in no time, and you're going to be up the creek without a paddle. However, if you never assemble them, you order them and you plan to assemble them once you get your tax stamp back what's the harm what's the foul like you can home build firearms you can home build suppressors as long as you're doing the proper um proper paperwork involved but the atf doesn't like it whenever they lose control about certain things so the uh atf is asking applicants for detailed information about the parts that they plan on using to build their suppressor which could be legally problematic given the agency is now considering silencer components as silencers themselves. This first kind of <laughs> rose reared its ugly head years ago when people were selling these solvent adapters and they had like a one by a half by 28 internal thread with like a 13 by one external thread or something like that. Three quarter by one. Oh, I can't no. remember. But that outer thread so basically, it was a muzzle brake with an outer thread on it that a Fram oil filter would screw right onto. And the people who do it right would take this thing, they'd buy it off eBay. It's a stainless, you know, little adapter or a muzzle brake with that thread on it. And they'd be called solvent trap, you know, adapters or whatever. And they would serialize it and file a Form 1. So they'd buy this $10 part online and they would do a Form 1 and pay a $200 transfer tax. And once they get that, now that's the suppressor. So they'd screw that on the muzzle of their gun, and then they could just have an expendable Fram oil filter on there that works remarkably well. And that's been going on for probably well over 10 years. And so now the ATF wants to regulate all the parts of a suppressor as a suppressor themselves. So they're asking people for detailed pictures and processes and where they got them and how they intend to build them. So um, I think that, you know, uh, Davey says, I think the ATF should focus on gun trafficking in Chicago. Uh, sorry, I just lost my stream here. Uh, gun trafficking in Chicago and leave the U.S. law-abiding citizens alone. I can't agree more. I think the whole uh, NFA branch of the ATF should go away. They have really worn out their welcome with their whole, you know, arm brace nonsense that's gone back and forth for the last eight years, maybe 12 years, I guess. Yeah, 12 years. So 
as soon as the arm braces came out, you could shoulder fire them. You couldn't. You could use them. You couldn't. You can't put them on. You can put them on. They're a stock. They're not. It's an SBR. It's not an SBR. And now we're back to them not being an SBR with all kinds of conditions. So it's crazy, crazy, crazy stuff. So I think the ATF should go away. I think they've worn out their welcome. And they are a rogue agency, which is really doing its best to keep up with the regulation changes. And frankly, let's. how about we just stop regulating law-abiding, responsible, non-prohibited people? I think that's a good place to start. We had this discussion earlier about the tax code, the U.S. tax code. Like, that's the thing about regulatory bodies is they... They're like a tick. They they burrow themselves in and then they get so bloated and they they function on the host. They have to be attached to the host. If it wasn't for the host, then they would exist wouldn't exist. So it's this symbiotic relationship that once the ATF gets to the point where it's this mega bureaucracy, they suck the blood and life out of the of the industry that they regulate. And I think that's the way most regulatory bodies get. You know, you look at OSHA. OSHA became, you know, at first it was a good idea, like, hey, yeah, we need some hazard protection on job safety and security. Uh, let's put some handrails up so people aren't walking off balconies 30 stories up and, you know, make sure you have some regulations on ladders and stuff like that. It all made sense. But then when the tick gets so big um, that the host is anemic, and now all of a sudden, they they write their own uh, paychecks by the fines that they gather off of the people that they enforce their rules on. Then it, doesn't it become like a entrapment, right? And that's kind of where we are with the ATF. I see it as this regulatory agency that has well worn out its welcome. You know, and now all of a sudden their sole focus is making sure responsible citizens aren't making a short-barreled rifle. And it's like, what the heck? You know, how about we use all of that effort and energy towards locking up people who violate the existing gun laws, enforcing those, and punishing the criminal element, not the Randy Weavers of the world that are coerced into cutting a barrel down to 17 and a half inches and he just illegally made a short-barreled shotgun. Well, okay, why does the 17 and a half inch barrel do more damage to people than the 18-inch barrel? Doesn't make much sense, does it? No, it doesn't. And so that's the way I feel about it. But we were talking about this in the shop earlier when it came to uh, taxes, like the U.S. tax code is ridiculous. And I'm like, I got a great idea. How about you do away with the IRS and all of the budgetary dollars that are spent on that regulatory agency could go back into the general fund, could go back into a strong military, could go back into roads and bridges, et cetera, et cetera. It could go back to securing our borders and um, so all that good stuff. But well, where would the government get its money, you ask? I'm glad you asked that question. So where they would get it is from a flat tax, a consumer-driven flat tax, 10% across the board 
on every good and product sold, and you eliminate income tax. You eliminate it altogether, and you write into the code. You enumerate a new amendment to the Constitution that income tax is unconstitutional and can never be brought in again, and you don't want any value-added taxes. We don't want any special purpose tax or special use tax or VAT tax. It's just a simple flat tax, flat sales tax across the board, 10%, and you could save the country billions of dollars, and everybody will pay their fair share, the poor, the middle class, and the rich. It's all just driven off of a tax based on consumer products. I think it work great as long as they can never bring back income tax and i bet you the the gdp or the, whatever the, the tax amount raised will go up but that's a rabbit hole for another day if you want to sign up for the unorthodox shooting positions course with rob pinkus coming up you're going to have to take intuitive defensive shooting first which is going to be given the day before or through me or through one of our guys but you got that prerequisite but it's going to be an awesome class where you'll combine cert pistols and introduce shooting from unorthodox shooting positions and presentation from the holster from a variety of plausible body positions and angles so go to capegunworks.com and click on classes to sign up today there's only a few spots left so go do it today We'll be right back. This is Rapid Fire. Made in America since 1949. Family owned and operated. Legendary performance. This is Hornady. Federal delivers a knockout punch with the leading defensive ammo on the market. Federal punch hollow points are accurate and reliable in all defensive situations. When you need reliability designed to provide a balanced mix of effective penetration and expansion, you need punch defensive ammunition from Federal, the leader in nickel-plated brass ammo with a sealed primer to deliver reliable feeding and ignition. Get Federal Punch Defensive Hollow Point Ammunition here at Cape Gunworks. SnapSafe, featuring a pry-resistant 316-inch solid steel door, 2300-degree Fahrenheit one-hour fire shield protection, and a lifetime warranty. SnapSafe, a modular safe with welded safe security. If you're looking for legal protection, text CGWMA to 281-603-0066. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 for a special offer from U.S. Law Shield on self-defense insurance. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 to get a special offer from U.S. Law Shield today. Rapid Fire, your weekly show about all things guns, freedom, and the Second Amendment, and self-defense. And we are really excited to have with us right now, Nicole, one of our trainers at Cape Gunworks, and one of our employees who is doing a fabulous job helping customers into their new favorite firearm. So, Nicole, how are you today? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm glad to, glad that you're here. And so... We just celebrated International Women's Day, and so we thought we would showcase one of our star female employees, 
Nicole and uh, get your thoughts on women shooters. And this month is Women Shooters Month. We're going to have some cool stuff coming up uh, for Ladies Night and and also ladies get to take advantage of date night and all that good stuff. But what's going on in your world and what do you think about uh, the fact that one of the fastest growing demographics in shooting sports are female women and more specifically female minority women, which I think is pretty cool. So what say ye about all of that? Well, I've been into firearms for at least 20 years now, and when I used to talk to other females, they'd say, you know, oh, I'm not into that, but more and more I see more female shooters out there, and I absolutely love it. Um, it's not so faux pas as it was, you know, ten, even 10 years ago, five years ago. I see a lot of females from all different backgrounds come in here. Some females that were anti-gun at one point come in and looking for lessons, and I absolutely love working with those new shooters that come in. And I hate to say it, guys, uh, my female new shooters are some of my best shooters. Mm -hmm. Women are a little more patient and understanding and can listen to instruction and do instruction as I'm saying it. Don't get me wrong, guys. I love working with you guys, too. Um, but the female shooters, um, I really do love working with. Um, like I said, they're a fantastic shot, and it's nice to see that more and more come in. I love fitting them for their guns, trying out new firearms, seeing which one works best for them. And by the time they leave here, they're full of confidence. And we do have other female instructors, and, and she's just as fantastic. And so I've been hearing from these females that come in that, you know, they can't wait to start buying more and more firearms, and they love coming into Cape Gunworks to do it. Nice. So... Um I would agree with you, by the way, that one of the when I do private lessons or I do a class, a lot of women are just naturally better shooters right out of the gate. I think it's a, you know, number one, they listen really well to instruction. They're kind of sponges taking in all the information where guys are like, yeah, I saw Die Hard. I'm good. You know, <laughs> I was born with one of those things in my hand. So, you know, there's a little bit of egotism involved, but you know i'm just saying so that could be the reason i don't know maybe women are just naturally better shots I'm, i don't know but um so you know what do you say from a female perspective do you think that women who are coming into a gun store or maybe willing to take a lesson might be a little bit more apprehensive taking that lesson from a man or do you think they're put at ease a little bit more by when they find out that their instructor might be a woman? Or do you think it, it doesn't really matter? They're just happy to be getting uh, instruction. Well, with anybody, everybody's kind of different. So some females just don't mind if it's a male or a female instructor. I know when I have a lot of uh, husbands or boyfriends or fathers set up lessons, you know, they prefer having a female teach, you know, their daughter or their wife or their girlfriend. But I've also heard the same from, uh, you know, female shooters who would come for their first time lesson that have worked with some of our male instructors. I'd be like, oh, my lesson was fantastic with them. And I even tell my new students, you know, listen, if you, yeah, our lesson went great, but it doesn't hurt to go try another lesson with another instructor. Not that I'm trying to pass you off because I love working for you, but you always find different tips and ideas and suggestions from another trainer. Mm. So um, whether it's male or female instructor, I, I see that they really don't prefer one or the other there's always some that prefer like a male prefers a male instructor and a female prefers a female but awesome. we love working with everybody well if you want to take a private lesson with nicole make sure you go on the website and sign up for privates and or call the store and ask to take a private with nicole we'd love to have you and thanks for joining us 
Don't forget to check out Date Night every Friday night and Ladies Night Thursdays. So you can also try our range experience package. No gun license required. More after this. We will be right back. This is Rapid Fire. If you're looking for legal protection, text CGWMA to 281-603-0066. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 for a special offer from U.S. Law Shield on self-defense insurance. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 to get a special offer from U.S. Law Shield today. Hey, it's Toby from Cape Gunworks. These days you need to be able to protect your family and yourself. At Cape Gunworks, we have self-defense training and frequent firearm certification classes. Cape Gunworks has a modern indoor range and a huge pro shop so you can get properly equipped. Get your gun license and the training you need to keep you and your loved ones safe. Go to capegunworks.com to sign up for classes, shop online, or tune into Rapid Fire. Cape Gunworks, there has never been a better time to give us a shot. Toby Leary, and I thank you for joining us this week. It's been a quick show as usual, and uh, thanks to Nicole for jumping in and talking about her role here at Cape Gunworks. We are so happy to have some awesome women who work for Cape Gunworks. We have, boy, I think we have more women now than we've ever had working for us. I think we're up to five. I, is that right? Five? Uh, one, two, three, four, five. Yeah, I think five. Yep, so five. That's awesome. And uh, we're really happy they are, do a great job. And I'm really happy that it's, you know, we're losing the crusty old FUD man's world when it comes to guns and for all the right reasons. So women are great shooters. My daughter is a ringer. My wife can shoot. And uh, so it's always exciting to see women get more involved. And the best bet, I mean, the best thing about it is that once they catch the bug, they're all in, and they're passionate about it and do a great nice. job. Um, so, yeah, there you have it. Um, let's get back to your questions, and uh, let's see. <laughs> Davey, Davey is saying, ban trench coats and allow SBRs and SPSs. There you go. Uh so uh, HPS agrees with me saying that we should ban, uh, that we should do the flat tax and uh, on all sales. But that's a discussion for a different day, a much big, bigger topic. But, you know, my biggest, I mean, I agree with the whole premise of it. I think it's the most fair and equitable, equitable tax you could ever do because we all know the rich are going to buy their yachts and their homes and their you know, fishing boats and their dream cars and private jets. So there, there's still going to be plenty of money pull, rolling into the coffers. And, uh, but I think it's just equitable. 
everybody pays the same rate, the poor, the rich, the middle class, and it's it's a tax on goods and and whatnot. So anyway, it's never going to happen though, because tyranny loves itself, and the IRS has grown into a uh, this pr- parasite host relationship, and so yeah, I think snowball's chance and you know where that we're going to see that happen so so uh we're going to do the ar-15 build class on april on may what was it jeez i already forget on was it may 14th so we'll get that going we'll get that up on the calendar and we're really glad what may will be women's shooters month i thought march was women's shooters month may is oh so we got to wait a while. We got April and then May. Is that what it is? Okay. Why is May May uh, Women's Shooters Month? So beautiful. Because it's my wife's birthday. Yeah. Yeah. Are you just making this up, or is it a thing? It's a thing. Women's Shooters Month is May because of Mother's Day. That's why. All right. Well, we got to do something big this year. Maybe you can. It's gonna be an open house on the seventh. Open house on the seventh. Yeah. Here. Shooters. First shooters. Oh, on Mother's Day. Yeah, that's right. Mother's Day, we have. Is that the seventh? Well, let's give them some good information. It's the seventh. Seventh. Okay, the, the seventh. seventh Mother's Day. I don't know if it's Mother's Day. I, or whatever. It might not be Mother's Day. The seventh, we're gonna have a first shooters, and uh, it's gonna be awesome. So, uh, first shots. It's called by the NSSF. First shots. Been doing that for a while now, and it's pretty awesome. Get people amped up to go shooting and get get the good experience one-on-one instruction etc cetera, etc cetera. um so ryan is saying that uh his last two purchases his background checks never came back you're told that a potential federal law change may prevent picking it up after five days in the future is that true yes that is a hundred percent true they are trying to um restrict you from being able to pick up your firearm after the Brady date expires, which is ridiculous. So you've already been background checked and photographed and fingerprinted and ID card, et cetera, et cetera. And we submit the NICS check and sometimes they don't come back. And right now after the, uh, I think it's three business days, actually, um, you're allowed to pick up the firearm, which usually overlaps on a weekend or something. So therefore it, it turns into five or six days. But um, they want to prevent you from being able to come in and get your gun if they haven't given you the all clear, which is just ridiculous. Um, if they can't do their job efficiently, there's no reason on earth you shouldn't be able to pick up your gun. In fact, there's a bill about this in Missouri um, that might go to the U.S. Supreme Court. Actually, I think it is going to the U.S. Supreme Court called the Second Amendment Preservation Act. And I think Wisconsin is doing the same thing or Wyoming, if I'm not mistaken. Um, So they're doing a Second Amendment uh, Preservation Act. And the one in Missouri, they've made it state law that it's illegal to enforce federal gun laws within the state of Missouri. The show me state. I'm liking a little bit of the show me state right now. So, yeah, they're making it actually punishable by a $50,000 fine to any law enforcement agent that is 
enforcing federal law on state within the state jurisdiction within the state of Missouri Missouri so I think that's quite interesting and it's a backlash against the overarching overreaching um, tyrannical law so it's it's music to my ears and I'd love to see that same movement happened as far as the uh, as far as you know with the same push as the constitutional carry love to see Second Amendment Preservation Act render the federal law useless as far as I'm concerned um, but anyway we'll see how that goes uh, but that's going to the Supreme Court at some point so alright well another show is in the bag I want to thank everyone who held on till the end thank you for tuning in and remember the show ends here sadly but you can always tune in at capegunworks.com forward slash rapid fire it is sure to fix and solve insomnia on demand so play it on your favorite you know wherever you get your podcast at night when you and my soothing voice will calm you right to sleep but keep up the good fight folks support your local community be a gun advocate in your area be a responsible gun owner and together as americans we can overcome anything i promise you that I'm Toby Leary. God bless, and we will see you next week. And not to mention, stay tuned for another Toby Takes on the World. All right, we'll see you next time. God bless.